Today, we are going to help you feel more comfortable with investing. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. Financial confidence, that's what we're striving for, right? When you have a good idea of what's going on, finances feel less intimidating. So the first Friday of every month, Erica Cummings, the VP at Morgan Stanley, joins the conversation to talk us through what we need to know, what we need to be doing, so then finances do become less intimidating. Erica, thank you so much for doing this with us every month. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Okay, now if you're new to the podcast, Erica uh, gives us a task each month to accomplish that will ultimately improve our financial situation. So at the end of the year, we will look back and be like, we are in a totally different place and it's going to feel so darn good. So last month, the main goal was to get all our paperwork together, right? To get a good understanding of what's happening, what we're involved in, what we have, how much money we have, to make sure we're joint owners on our credit cards. That was the first thing I did after you left. Um, To check our credit score, right? That was important. important. So important. So now this month, the bold step of investing. And there are a lot of studies that show in the long run, now I want you to pay attention, ladies, in the long run, women investors outperform men. So right there, you should feel good about this. Do you see that to be true, Erica? Absolutely. So so here's the, the dilemma that women have. You have women that have a natural tendency to have patience and discipline and all of the proper uh, characteristics that make you a better investor just on paper. So if we take everything else that we've learned and everything else that we hear, the most important, the, the key to financial success is being disciplined. It is the number one trait associated with financial success. People think it's timing the market, knowing which sector will outperform, it's not about trying to pick a winner or pick when the market is going up or down or try to game a system that cannot be quote-unquote beaten. It is about proper participation and to be continuously disciplined and patient. And historically, when women are educated and they feel confident to participate in the market, they are more patient. They are more disciplined. They're not checking their portfolios on a regular basis, trying to see if they should make shifts or moves and try to game um, a system that's not beatable. It has been proven for decades that the best way to be financially successful is to remain patient, remain disciplined, not try to pick when the market is going to go one way or the other, not try to pick which sector is going to be better. And women tend to be much more patient. We tend to be much more disciplined. The problem is that we also don't participate as much. So when we're participating and when we're doing it properly, we do actually outperform our male counterparts when we're just comparing apples to apples. The problem is we're not participating enough, and that's what we're talking about this whole year, is making sure that women are giving themselves the opportunity that we actually are designed to be really good at. 
Because we feel um, less confident, right? We don't feel 100%. confident in our abilities. So to hear you who, I mean, this is what you do for a living. You're a CFP. You're the VP at Morgan Stanley. If you are telling at us that by nature, women are really good at this, that yeah. right there should be a confidence boost. Yes, I would, I would hope so. The, the thing that we are battling as women is that this industry, the financial industry as a whole, it is the old boys club. It's the good old boys club. And it still is that way. As a matter of fact, the industry as a whole is facing a crisis because we have a lot of men that have dominated the financial services industry and are getting to the point of retirement. And the new advisors coming in still are not reflecting the demographics as a whole. Mm. So it is this old boys club. And when we as women over decades now have come into meetings with planners or gone to seminars or even just pick up the paper or turn on CNBC, there is this level of industry knowledge that's being pushed out there with all these words that sound so complicated. And right away we shut down. And either we shut down because it's boring or we shut down because we feel as if there's just no way we can wrap our head around these sophisticated concepts. And there is no question that over time, none of it is important. What's important is your participation, your discipline, and your ability to get educated enough to know your personal situation and what you need to do. You absolutely do not need to understand all the jargon that you're hearing on TV all the time. Yeah, you really don't. I'm a, a boring is better investor. But when I hear the analysts talk about timing the market or people who say they have the perfect investment strategy, and then when they explain it, it's way more complex than mine, I get caught up in it, too, and begin to second guess myself. Exactly. I must not be doing this right. Um, so give us some of the lingo that you think is most important that we should understand. So the biggest determinant of any person's financial success is having a plan. Okay. And this is why you don't hear this on CNBC and you don't read this in Money Magazine. And I'm not putting any of these media outlets down. You know, they have a job to do. They have to fill 24 hours worth of airtime every just single say that. day. Right, right. Okay. If, they, <laughs> if their news story every day yeah. is, hey, boring is better. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they'll be shut down in about an hour because right. it's really not that complicated. And we've done many, many workshops. And I joke with the participants in the workshop that I'm going to give you the secret sauce. You're going to walk out of this room with the secret sauce to being financially successful. It all can be summed up in an hour. The problem is then these people go out into the universe and all the noise comes in. Mm -hmm. So whether it's your coworkers or your family members or, you know, your husband or somebody on the TV, the headline, I mean, let's face it, fear sells. So the sure. next thing you do is start to question whether or not what you heard in that hour was correct. And it's very, very difficult for any human being male or female, to try to put those emotions aside and stay patient. The sure. reason most people have a hard time doing that is because they don't have a solid plan. When you think about anything else that we do in life, from something as simple as a vacation to building a house, 
you have a plan. When it comes to a vacation, you wouldn't dream of just showing up at the airport and just picking something on the screen. You would dream of just landing somewhere and just hoping to find a hotel. You have it all planned out. You have plan B just in case planned out. And then if you look at something more sophisticated like building a house, there's so many moving parts in play, and, and people will go and analyze and make decisions so that everything turns out perfect because it's such a huge purchase. When we look at our finances, it doesn't get any more serious than that. Whether or not you're saving enough so that the day you have to walk out of work permanently, whether by choice or because someone forced you to, and Rochester's seen a lot of that, if you don't have a plan in place, I can't think of anything that's more scary. And if you're going to work every day and you are sacrificing being away from your family every single day and you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears into your work, I can't think of any more of a reason to want to know exactly what that money is going towards and exactly why I'm saving this. So the plan is key. You have to know where your challenges are, and that was part of what we did last month was starting to collect all that data. If we said life insurance and you don't even know where yours is or what you have, that's a challenge. Yeah. So we need to start to figure out what you have and what you want to do. So the plan is huge. Then that plan helps to determine what are my short-term goals, what are my mid-term goals, and what are my long-term goals. And for everybody, your long-term goal is to retire. Even those that say they, they'll work forever, trust me, someone's going to decide that you're not working forever. So everyone's long-term goal is, is how am I going to at some point be financially independent and not have to work every day? When you're looking at those goals, that then helps you to determine, okay, how much, if I have a dollar, how much of that dollar should go towards this short-term goal? How much should go towards this mid-term goal? And how much should go towards the long-term goal? And then what's realistic in all of this? Can I have everything I want? When you start to break this down, it helps you when you get paid on Friday and you have a choice. Because spending is really easy. It's fun. It's instant gratification, a vacation, a new pair of shoes, a fancy dinner, whatever it might be. All of those are wonderful and they make life more enjoyable, but they're short-term gratification. If you know what you're saving for and you know that having long-term investments means you have freedom, you have choice, you have confidence, you have clarity, you have a purpose for, for why you're going to work every day, then you know that you're prioritizing your financial future over current present desires. So that plan is key. Once you put together those buckets, that those buckets then help to determine what type of investments you should have. So people hear the word asset allocation all the time. It sounds some, to some, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so asset allocation is going to be one of those phrases that you have to understand. Asset allocation simply means how much money, if I have a dollar, and I know it's for my mid or my long-term goal, how much of that money should be in, let's say, cash, just in savings? How much should be in stocks, meaning you're now participating in the market, and every single investment has its positive and negative attributes, and whether or not you should have a portion of that in what we call bonds, which means that you're now loaning your money to the government 
or a corporation, or in most cases, it would be a bond fund. And in that case, you have a little bit less risk, um, but there's a little bit less return. So all of these investments have, like I said, different attributes. Asset allocation is how much am I going to put in each one of these. So for example, if my goal is short-term, one of the most important short-term goals is to have emergency reserves. Everybody should have enough cash, cash on hand, accessible, that they can cover three to six months worth of fixed expenses, rent, car payments, things that are non-negotiable. And we talked about this last month. Three to six months worth of fixed expenses. That is a short-term goal. It's a continuous short-term goal in which you pretty much should only have that money in a savings account, maybe a CD. You should not have it in the stock market where in the next three to six months if you need it, we could see a downturn in the market. So the longer those goals become, mid-long-term goals, the more able you are to tolerate markets that have very short-term fluctuations. That's why the plan is so key, because there's no way to know how to invest if you don't know what you're investing for. Uh, Yes. Okay. And when you look at that long-term goal, Mm -hmm. you can get there faster. You can build up your money quicker with investing. That's why it is so important to take time with you today and learn about investing. No matter how diligent of a saver you are, it just grows faster if you are investing. And over the long term, you'll hear people, right? Is this one big important lesson? Patience. Because you'll hear, you know, the scary, oh, the market has taken a downturn and it's awful. Chaos. (laughs) Yeah, you, it's okay. Big picture, the market does better more frequently than it doesn't, right? Yeah, it, very simply, the market on average is up 75% of the time and it's down 25% of the time. That's why with your short-term goals, you don't want to take a chance in the market because you don't want that short-term period of time to be when the market is down that 25%. Sure. Okay. So now this is money we're working with when we talk about investing. This is money that we're not going to need for a long time. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking at your, like I said, your buckets, so to speak, just to give examples, and I I, I need to put my little clarifier in here that everybody's situation is so different. Absolutely. Okay. There's so many other uh, variables that could come into place, whether it's debt, we have to look at what people's debt is, if they have 25% interest-bearing credit cards, then those need to be addressed before we start looking at investing. So everybody's situation is different. But on a general scale, the longer you have before you need to utilize the fund, the more able you are to tolerate those short-term vol- the short-term volatility that comes with the market. So, for example, when you're young, when you're in your 30s, even 40s, and you're looking at retirement 20, 25, 30 years out, you have plenty of time to deal with what the media will describe as the worst market ever, the biggest, you know, crisis of of all time. The funniest is to just Google, I don't care if it's Time Magazine or Money Magazine, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the covers over the last 30 years. Not only do they get it wrong so many times when they're predicting things, but every single month it's a different theme. And we as women, because we know we're disciplined, if we can just discipline ourselves to say, just don't read it. 
don't read it. It, yeah. it. It's the same thing as every time you get a new health magazine. It's a different diet. It's a totally, we had don't eat fat for how long. Sure. Then it was cut out every carb. Now the new diet is, I think, eat pounds of bacon, and apparently you're going to lose weight. <laughs> I do like that one, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, the keto diet, I think it is. And I looked at it, and I'm saying, oh, my God, I don't even, I love it. How could I say that I would get sick of bacon, but I think I would get sick of bacon? <laughs> no, you're so, right. We just yeah. can't listen. We can't no, listen, can't. right? And, and the thing, the thing with, the, with women, one of the, the biggest things with women is we are more conservative. There's no question. By nature, we are more conservative than men in the sense that women tend to be more afraid of losing money, mm. where men seem to be more afraid of losing out by not participating in the market or not participating in something. So, for example, if a man walks out to his mailbox and his neighbor comes out and his neighbor says, oh, my gosh, did you get into that new IPO for XYZ company? That, that man is going to instantly feel like he missed out on something, instantly, where women aren't even talking about that. Women are talking about, oh, my gosh, did you hear what happened to so-and-so? They lost this. They lost that. We are, by nature, because we get a smaller piece of the pie, for various reasons, we do get paid less on the dollar than men do. Mm-hmm. So we have less to be investing to begin with. We work and we're just so afraid to give up what we've earned. Okay, now you just brought up two great points. First, the male ego, right, of try to get, quote, rich quick, right, and to be in on that investment. I bought Facebook when it was first launched. Or Lyft is talking about an IPO. I'm going to jump in. That is not how you're going to consistently make money in the long run. No, no. And I always say that that being disciplined and having proper asset allocation means that you are never going to knock it out of the park, but you're also never going to be knocked out. So there's very rarely going to be the moment where you, you pick that perfect IPO because that's just not what you're supposed to be doing. And with all the success stories you hear, there's a million failures. Well, that's the thing I always say. It's like the gambler that tells you about when they win, but then you don't see all the tickets that got thrown into the garbage. Right, right, right. So see, now saying that and clarifying that as a woman or as anybody, because guys can benefit from this episode too. 100%. When you hear that, that there is no pressure to pick that right stock, that right company, now remove that pressure because that's not even what you're aiming for. No, no. And and. The thing is that I think for, for women in particular, it's, and actually, you know, you're right, that it is for men too. The difference is that, uh, that women tend to say that they just don't understand, and so therefore they're not participating because they just don't get it, or they haven't taken the time to really delve into their finances because it's just so intimidating or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the reasons are. They're not afraid to say that they don't understand. Men equally don't understand. I've been doing this for 18 years. There's a lot of men that really don't understand either, but they're afraid to say they don't understand. So then they just go along with whatever they're hearing, which can get you in a lot of trouble. Sure. You know, whether it's you know, an advisor that's 
that's acting improperly, whether it's you're going by your, your cousin uh, because, because that's what he's been doing and that's what he told you to do. None of these things, uh, you know, indicate that that particular man knows more. They're just doing something. And unfortunately, us as women tend to not. We tend to just either, you know, our emergency funds are 10 times more than they should be because we're afraid to actually commit to investing or we just ignore it altogether. And men probably, not maliciously, but they probably feel like they need to do something because they are the quote unquote providers, uh, right? Yes, they absolutely. feel like, well, I, okay, let me listen to Joe's advice because I got to do something. My wife is counting on me. My family is counting on me. So no fault to the guys for taking the lead, no. but sometimes the, they're misdirected. So in saying all this, Erica, then we have this money and you did say that women, we save up way too much. We should be investing a lot of it. What does that really mean? Where should we, how do we jump in, in the market? Be, you know, now that we said that, don't worry about the single companies, the the stocks, what should we be doing then? So most people, most people have access to their company's 401ks or their what are called 403Bs if you work for schools. Uh, there's different savings vehicles available to you through work. That's the majority of people out there have some type of way that they can invest. And it's a percentage of your paycheck. You decide how much you want to take out every single pay period. And then they have a, a set of mutual funds that you can choose from. This is where you do want to put some thought into how you're going to allocate those funds. Okay. Just for the sake of this podcast and the short term that we have and the fact that each and every person is different, mm-hmm. most retirement plans that are provided through your employer have what are called target date funds. Target date simply means if I'm going to retire in 20 years, then they're typically in five to 10 year increments. So if I'm going to retire in about 20 years, um, it might be target date. 2040. That means that that mutual fund is set up for somebody who has a 20-year time horizon from now until when they need to retire. So it takes the guesswork, at least initially, out of trying to figure out, okay, how should I invest for the long term? Because your retirement plan at work is long term. That is money being put aside for when you retire for when you separate from service from your job and you are ready to start living off of what you've saved. So those target date funds at least provide a really good asset allocation that you don't have to question whether you're making a huge mistake at the time. And I think that's one of the biggest fears that women have is if I dip in, what if I make this huge mistake the first go around? If you just pick a target date fund, you you can't blow yourself up. I'm not saying it's not going to lose money if the market goes down, but you're going to lose money just like everybody else. You're not going to have made a mistake because I think women carry such a huge weight of, oh, my gosh, what does this mean for my family? What does this mean for I I can't believe I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden this happens. And then remind yourself long term. Don't worry. Exactly. In the long run, it will make money. Exactly. And if you're 10 years from retirement, then it would be a target date 2030. Okay. And then this, this a word that we hear a lot is um, diversification. Yeah. Can you so, explain that and then how the target fund aligns with that? So diversification, so you have asset allocation, which we talked about, which is how much of a percentage of your 
money you're going to have in stocks, how much you're going to have in bonds, and how much you're going to have in cash. Within the stock portion of your portfolio, there's also large companies, there's small companies, there's companies that are out of this country, so international companies. There's companies that are in what we call emerging markets, like China. Within that stock portfolio, you want to have some level of diversification because there are going to be times when small companies are doing better than large companies. Again, you don't have to pick the individual companies. You don't even have to pick the individual sectors. You don't have to say that I think healthcare is going to do better than technology. It's small companies, large companies. When you are participating in a target date fund. So we're just talking about getting these women to get out there and participate for the first time. So you Mm -hmm. pick that target date fund. All of that is done for you. It's set up for somebody who's going to be retiring in the next 20 or so years for, let's say, target date 2040. It has the stock portfolio, and it has an appropriate percentage in United States large stocks, United States small stocks, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so baby Wait, step, which baby is what we're doing, step. exactly. that's safe. It's doing it all for you. It is doing it all for you. And at least it gets you started down that path of, of understanding how important it is to get that money out of cash or start to say, you know what, that new pair of shoes isn't as important to me as someday having that freedom and choice. And, you know, we talk about retirement a lot, and that's obviously one of the most critical parts of investing is making sure because as much as we say we we all just work forever yeah um you know our health is not going to allow us to work forever our employers may not allow us to work forever there's a lot of uh, variables that come into play when you're determining things that are going to be happening when you're 60 and 70 and 80 years old but the other part that we have to think about is the now too so There are a lot of women that we have realized over the last few years, and obviously there's the ones that we hear about in the news, so they're the most, um, that's the most vocal, but for every one person that we've heard on the news, there's how many hundreds of women that are sitting in silence that have had to stay in work situations that are, are not good for them. Having money, having funds set aside, having those emergency reserves, Having the ability to say, you know what, I'm going to be okay if I leave this situation that is not serving me gives you choice, freedom, and confidence. Sure. More choice, freedom, and confidence than women have ever had before. And that's another big issue with the, the gender pay and the gender investing gap is that, unfortunately, when we don't have clarity in our finances, when we don't know what's going on, we don't have a plan then we don't have the confidence to make decisions that serve us better. And that's that, that's the whole point is just to feel financially confident. It's it's an amazing incredible feeling when you can say, yeah, I don't like this. I don't yeah. feel comfortable. I'm out and I'm fine. Yeah. It's it's all worth it. it um is. how many women or individuals, I don't, I don't know if you could help me figure this out, but how many people are still opting out of the 401k? Well, it's, from statistically speaking, I, I can tell you that um, men participate about 35 to 40% more than women do. Okay. So, you know, from, I can give you a statistic in terms of how much 
more men are participating. So that much we know is that of the, you know, it's difficult from company to company and it's difficult to look yeah, at. Um, yeah. I can give you, you know, the fact that the average 50-year-old has less than $100,000 saved for retirement. So, you know, so it's still terms, a struggle. I mean, oh, it's still it's a, a barrier. Okay. Oh, so let's, huge barrier. let's do this then. Investing, I mean, there's so much we can talk about. So let's start then with just, hey, just, just get into the 401k. Yeah, because in you know, and maybe in a future podcast, we'll we'll you know take that to the next level. Do your four hundred one k, and then in addition, do a little bit more investing on the side. Let's not go there right now, though. Let's just say, go to your employer as soon as you can this month. Yep. Just get Start involved. Where you are. Start where you are, and and the other thing is going back to what we discussed in February. Yeah, is. Because instantly I can imagine all the women listening to this saying, well, that's lovely, Erica, but where am I getting that money from? <laughs> oh, true, right. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's go back to the budget again. And I always say that I have come across so many different women over the course of my career, women that are making $30,000, women that are making $100,000-plus. Everybody's budget has holes in it. Everybody's budget has line items that we know are not necessary. Again, it's, it's trying to find that balance between instant gratification mm-hmm. and long-term future plans. I don't mind saying it. Uh, my husband and I earn a decent living, but pretty modest compared to many. And we were able to do it to achieve financial freedom. But it's because we were strategic with how we spend our money. So what matters to you more? Is it the financial freedom or is it that new kitchen? You know what I mean? Maybe Just patience. You'll get there. You'll be able to buy what you want. But first, just have the money work for you. Have it grow. Get to that spot where you feel so damn good because you are in control. And anybody, you're right, Erica, you've you've talked about it too with your clients. Whether they earn a lot or they earn a little, it's possible. It's a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's it's not getting the four dollar cup of coffee. It's not buying your lunch every day. It's saying, you know what, maybe I should go to Planet Fitness because it's cheaper than the hundred dollar a month gym that I don't go to anyway. Or maybe I should, you know, get a a video that I can. I say video. Oh my gosh, I just dated myself. <laughs> maybe you can go on YouTube. You mean? <laughs> maybe I can go on YouTube and yeah, exactly. I can yeah, get a VHS. maybe I can maybe I can ask my child how to get on YouTube and. Working out from home. You, um, yes, we believe in you. You absolutely can. This is so. This month is so important. I mean, every month that you come in and give us our homework is so important. But this month, especially to get involved, to, yeah, to be a part of your company's four hundred one k. It's free money too because there's a company match. So that means when you put money in up to a certain point, the the company is going to also invest money for you. Most companies. Most companies. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You yeah. have to make not sure. Not every one of them. You have to check. But you definitely, that's a good point, actually. So not every company matches, unfortunately, but a, quite a few do or quite a bit do. And what you want to make sure is at the very, very least, if your company is matching, let's say 3%, so that means the first 3% that you put in, mm-hmm. they're matching you dollar for dollar on that first 3%. That's free money. You are not getting free money from anybody else. And the other big thing to remember is when you put a dollar into your 401k, and as we're getting into tax season here, this can really resonate, especially living in New York. Yeah. When you put a dollar into your 401k, 
100% of the dollar goes into your 401k. It's the only place that you get to use 100% of your money because anywhere else you're getting a paycheck that's been taxed. So if you're taking that dollar and you're taking it home with you and then saying, okay, I'll invest that later, I'll do something with it later, well, you're only getting 70 yes. or 80 cents on that dollar because the company is taking taxes out. When you put that money into your 401k, 100% of it goes in. So yes. one whole dollar goes into the 401k. And then it grows every single year tax-free. So you don't have to pay taxes on the gains that you incur over the course of time. That compounding effect is freedom. It's freedom someday. It's the ability for you to say, oh, my gosh, I can finally stop working. Yeah. It's so, and it seems so little initially. You watch it grow, and it just seems like such a little amount. But once it starts to get more and more and more, compounding has an amazing effect. When every single year you're getting 7 or 8%, and you're not having to pay taxes on that as it goes, it grows exponentially over time. But again, it's not going to be overnight. You're not making 50% overnight. And that's the part that, that we as women, when we get that, when we finally understand that, we are just so much better. We are really, really disciplined. But the biggest thing is to look at your budget and say, don't even look at whether or not you're doing a kitchen, because for some people that's not even an option. It's, am I spending money frivolously throughout the week? $10 can be found in a week by most people. That's $40 a month just to start. And then it, it almost becomes addicting when you start to say, okay, well, really? Do I have to buy my salads every single day? Do I have to go out to lunch? Can I go once a month instead of once a week? You start to really say, wow, there are things that if I don't do it, it's not that sacrificial. You won't even notice. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, heaven forbid, you're actually eating healthier because you're <laughs> actually making it. I mean, there's so many benefits to it that all kind of work on each other. So, so right away, it's start where you are and figure out, even if it's the tiniest little bit, how much can you start putting away? And then remembering that it's, it's basic. The industry is set up to make investing scary. They want you to believe that you need to have a Harvard MBA to do this right. You do not. It's very simple. Don't spend more than you make. Save regularly. Don't do it one month and then stop it the next month. Just keep doing it so that you just don't even count on it. It's out of your paycheck. You pay yourself first. And then you have to get into the market. So if you're going to do it, if you're going to get into that 401k, don't put it in the cash fund. Put it in the target date fund and just walk away okay. and just let it work on its own. And then the next thing, and we can talk about this further, is really starting to consider either seeking out help or, or starting to find a way to formulate a really good financial plan so that you know what you're doing is going to lead to um, the ultimate success of the goals that you set out for yourself. Yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's a future episode. I think yeah. we have a good amount of work to do this month, but yeah. simple work. Yeah. You know, you laid it out very clear and concise. Just it, be active. There's no wrong, there's nothing wrong you can do by putting money into the target fund. That's it. You're done. Yeah. You're not going to make a mistake. No, it's, it's very simple. Almost every 401k has them now. Yep. And 
and, and at least you don't have to worry that you're putting money in and all of a sudden you have to worry that you made a huge mistake. Right. There is no mistake. Erica, how can we, in the meantime, before you come back on with us next yes. month, how can we reach out to you if there is somebody listening that has a question or wants to pick your brain a little bit more or even work with you? Have you guide them a little bit further? So the biggest thing is to just Google me. And then that'll either lead you to my LinkedIn page or I'll link you to my website. Um, the URL for our website is very long. Uh, but if you Google my name and you just put in Erica Cummings Register, CFP, whatever, um, it'll get you to all my different contacts. Okay. Now, you also host these free Women, Wealth, and Empowerment Series seminars, which, yeah. gosh, it's such great information that you openly talk about and teach us. Is there another one that's set uh, uh, in, in place yet or not yet? We'll just we, keep... I think we're looking at the beginning of May, but for for the listeners out there, one of the things that we have been doing is a lot of on-worksite workshops. Ah, so, okay. for example, we're doing them in the city next next week or the week after, um, going out to actual employers. So for those that are listening that you know want me to get in touch with their HR departments or want um, to just touch base with me, we do a two-series workshop that we come right to the employers. We work directly with the women that are working uh, there and it it allows them to get access to this education that's different from what they may have experienced in the past and it's right there at work so it takes the everybody says okay I'll go after work or you know I'll make this date and then all of a sudden something comes up if you're already at work and employers are excited to offer this because it's important to have education for women and knowing that you know they need to be in a room that's safe. They need to be in a room where the language is different than perhaps what you've been used to in the past. Uh, so really, the best way is uh, to get us in front of your employer so we can help educate the rest of, of the, the women that are at your companies as well. Awesome. Erica, we are so grateful to have yeah. you be a Thank part you. of our show. It, it's very exciting. And I, I Sandy, I, I love what you've done and this whole plan for the year because it, it really is invigorating to know that even if it's one woman out there that's going to end up better at the end of the year than, than we've done something good. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it, invigorating. Yeah. Yeah. Invigorating to actually make strides forward and then at the end of the year, I'm telling you, we got to throw a big party or something. We should. We should. <laughs> awesome. CFP, VP at Morgan Stanley, Erica Cummings. Thank you so much. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have a real conversation about money and stress. Money stress weighs heavy on a lot of people. So if you're constantly worried about money, you're not alone. When you're stressed, no matter what the cause of your stress is, you're holding yourself back from making money. So lack of money causes stress. Stress creates lack of money. We get to break you free from this pattern. We are going to help you control your stress and ultimately start making money. That will be next week. Thank you so much for being part of our community. You have a fantastic weekend and we'll talk next Friday. Cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women.